Okay, this week we had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Taylor Lundquist. She is one of the most prolific women in all of skiing. She just came off 2020 Women's Skier of the Year. She just filmed an incredible X Games Real Ski part. And she's basically just blazing the trail for all the young women and men out there in skiing and particularly street skiing. This conversation, I found it to be super interesting. She's very comfortable in her own skin. She's very authentic. She's just a badass woman. And I think you guys are going to greatly enjoy this episode. Before we get started, I want to take this time to say thank you to our Patreon members. You guys have been huge in your support of the show. If you want to show some support, you can head on over to bombhole.com. We always got new merch. This week, we got a bunch of new hats dropping. Uh, new kind of small VX bomb logo hats. Really hyped on those. We got new vests. We always got sticker packs, cheddar biscuit stickers. We got mugs, the big, nice burgundy snowboard mug. Uh, all kinds of new merch always dropping, again, at bombhole.com. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Now let's get into it, the Taylor Lundquist episode. Here we go. You are listening to the Bombhole. Bombhole Podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the Bombhole. Gonna slide down in big hills, you know what I mean? On the big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. We are back in the booth at the bomb hole, which is presented by Liquid Death and Pub Beer. Now, buds, how we doing, my dog? So good, my dog. Always love hearing that. To my left, we have Taylor Lundquist, 2020 Women's Skier of the Year. Now, Taylor, how you doing? Doing so good. Thanks for having me. A Salt Lake legend and our first female skier in the booth. 2020 skier of the year, too. That's that's huge. That's Sodi. That's still a Sodi. Sodi. Yeah, that's a Sodi. Yeah, that's huge. We are, we are honored to have you. Well, it feels crazy being next to Tanner and Jossie, so thanks for having me. Honored. Well, let's start by uh, kind of throwing it back to you grew up in Utah, and uh, yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, grew up in Park City. Dad lived in Sandy. Um, kind of went back and forth between mom and dad. Mom, I was like mostly with mom the whole time. Um, would go see dad on the weekends. But yeah, good good balance between the two. Now, how did you get into skiing? So my mom was an avid skier. I guess my dad was too. I never got to ski with him, but mom would ditch school, take the bus up to Alta, and she got me on skis when I was two. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, for our Patreon interview that's kind of a private video, one of the questions we ask is, uh, who's your biggest inspiration in life? And you had such an eloquent answer that I kind of just want to ask that for our actual interview. So who's your biggest inspo in life? I'd say my mom. She's successful, uh, worked her ass off. Her an air horn. Yeah, definitely needs an air horn. <laughs> Um, yeah, didn't have much growing up. Dad was an alcoholic, wasn't really there for her and her sisters. Um, mom was diagnosed with schizophrenia when I think my mom was four or five. That was super tough. She didn't have a mom or a dad. Um, kind of wanted to change that around and had us kids. My brother, when she was 20, me when she was 29, um, but just gave us everything. Took us dirt biking, took us boating, took me skiing, my brother snowboarding, um, just worked her ass off for us. So 
super cool. Your mom basically had to raise herself, huh? Exactly, so yeah. So for you guys, she just wanted to do everything she could, huh? It sounds like. Totally. Workaholic. Like, I was even raised by, I mean, when she was working, I had a, I call her my grandma, um, but I had an older lady watching me because my mom just worked, 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 worked. So. Oh, wow. Now, a boss. I feel like uh, we inherit so much of our traits that we have from our parents. Now, uh, seeing a, a mother come up and kind of like do so much from nothing, what effect did that have on you or what influence did that have on you? So much. Like I have always told my mom, she's one of my biggest inspirations and I feel lucky to have come up in such an awesome environment. Like I grew up in Park City. Pe people are always like, wow, you grew up in Park City, but then I got a dad influence. He lived above his shop that he worked on cars. I was able to, like, get dirty and play in the dirt, play in the garage at my dad's, and my mom cleaned up a little, nice house, uh, the materialistic things. Um, but, yeah, I just have always wanted to be and work as hard as my mom. Now, uh, at, what, at what point did you get into competitive skiing? I think I was 13, 14. Um, I wasn't a good skier at all. I remember, like, Alex Schlopey, Joss Christensen, they, all the Park City local kids kind of starting park skiing when they were a lot younger than maybe 12, um, making fun of me or, like, yelling at me from the chairlift because I would pizza down payday. And I, I don't know, I didn't want to hear that anymore. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to step up and do what they're doing. And I don't know, I had a friend that was in a program, it was called Access Free Ride at the time, and um, asked my mom if I could be a part of it and started doing the training, coaching thing and fell in love with it and wanted, wanted to be better because I was getting a little flack from my peers. Now I know I know that you uh, you kind of grew up, like you said, be, like being coached at a younger age. But I know that your your feelings towards coaching have changed a little bit. Do you want to yeah. just talk about that? Definitely. Um, I've never liked being told what to do. I don't think any of us do. Um, that's what's so cool about snowboarding. I mean. There's coaching and snowboarding as well, but I don't know. I would always, I guess, listen to what the coaches say, but, like, blare my headphones and just focus on what I wanted to focus on, and a lot of that had to do with style and perfecting the things I know I could do and making it look good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know, I know that if you're, like, buds or myself, like, I'm – if you tell me to do something, it's like the best way to coach somebody like like myself would be like, don't do that. Yeah, I don't think you should do a five forty on the jump. Oh, you don't like, or I don't think you, like, or you can't. You can't when somebody's like, you can't even do that. You need to do. <laughs> yeah. You need to do a seven twenty <laughs> today or whatever the fuck coaches say. I don't even know what they say, but you. I'm not like that. Shit does not work for me. Yeah. You know. Same. Totally. Uh yeah, I rebelled against it really quick and. Unfortunately, like if you'll probably listen to them, you can probably get better quicker, I'd imagine. But the kids nowadays are 
out of hand with all that stuff. Yeah, the truth is these coaches probably know what they're talking about <laughs> and they should be listened to, but that's just life. That's mm, how it goes. Totally. <laughs> I'm not I'm not hating on them, but yeah. that's just not my I was my watching way. them at when we were at that half pipe in Mammoth just watching the coaches in action and it's just a whole different world. It's hard to even think that that's like a part of the same sport to where you go out in the streets and do what you do, you know? Yeah, like does that look yeah. fun to you to yeah. be like yelled at? Especially the French coaches, those. Oh, French they're the worst. Crazy. I bet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I would skip coaching and go smoke weed at this guy's house. We would call it the Moki Mansion, and just go smoke weed and not. Shout out to the Moki yeah, Mansion. Shout out to the oh, Moki yeah. Mansion. Danny Davis is his name. Actually, it's not the Danny. Not Davis, the Danny Davis. <laughs> Um, so going back, I know you went to Park City Winter School, which Tanner, Tanner Hall's been a guest on the show and he went there as well. Yeah. What was that experience like? That was super cool. Again, I was a little shithead kid that didn't appreciate what my mom was giving me. I was excited about the opportunity, but didn't appreciate it to its fullest. Um, would go smoke weed. The coaches would, I'd have training at this time, and I'd just want to get stoned and shred with my friends. So um, didn't do so so well there. Um, so I l- actually got in a fight with my mom and wanted to go live with my dad because I knew he would give me a little bit more leniency and not want me to be home at a certain time, not ask where I'm staying or who I'm going to be with, ask for the phone numbers of the people I'm with. My mom is super, she's she's worried about me. Um, so I went and lived with my dad and Sandy and got away with a bunch of shit and went to a, started going back to a public school. Didn't go to school at all. Um, went to ski and got stoned instead. And then I got sent away to boarding, or wilderness that following year. Um parents had enough of my shit it's not that I was like a terrible kid I just was I don't know didn't appreciate it that's really sent bad defiant. kids explain exactly what yeah, the wilderness my wife therapy was sent there right yeah explain is. okay explain the paint a little picture for us of what happens in the wilderness and what the program is okay yeah so a lot of people get escorted like woken up from their bed you're going to wilderness uh, my mom told me two weeks later, so I got to kind of take it all in, or two weeks before, I got to take it all in and be like, all right, well, I guess I'm going. She told me it was for two weeks or something. And I, I ended up spending two and a half months out there. Um, spent my 16th birthday out there. Yeah, we had to make our own backpacks, our own shelter, like hike around two miles every single day to a new campsite therapy every weekend and I was with like suicidal kids kids that were doing heroin at 16 and I just felt like I didn't belong there like I I didn't understand why I was there um but towards the end I loved it It, I suggest everyone to separate themselves from society and go be in the wilderness for two months. You appreciate a toilet, a shower, food, going out, music. We would always talk about the music that we like would just love to hear in our ears. So it was a really cool experience. 
And my wife said the same thing as like fought it the whole way. And then afterwards, it's like the best thing you could possibly exactly like do. Yeah. Planning <laughs> to run away. Like I can't be here. I got to run away from this place. But well, and you learn cool skills too, right? Exactly. Like things yeah. That you might not have picked up. Totally. Make a backpack from the trees. Yeah. Just how to live outdoors. And exactly. Now it was really cool. What was the effect when you came back to society after the two months? Um, yeah, I appreciated every little thing going out to eat. Um, but then I got sent to boarding school. Oh shit. So that was tough. My senior year, everyone's like, everyone I grew up with is finally celebrating. Okay. We made it to the end of high school. Um, I was in boarding school pretty much. I think it was way worse than wilderness. It was a year of uniforms, um, like a ranking system. You start off at this system and you can either work your way up to like having your cell phone or not wearing a uniform or being able to go outside without asking or having more freedom. Or if you fuck up, you get put down to off form, which you is basically jail. So jeez, yeah. So that, that was tough. But again, like I, that was the moment where I was like, I, need to continue this dream of skiing that I have. I watched all the people that I was with, like, kind of back-to-back on the podium, the little contest that I was doing. Um, Devin Logan, I watched her blow up, and I was like, I could have had that. I fucked up. If you had just stuck in the the mountain school? Yeah, just not. Which wasn't that bad when you compare it to the boarding school. Exactly, yep. Jeez. So that that was a big game changer for me. I I give it up to boarding school because I could have been down a bad road, and that really pushed me to continue my skiing dream. Was that in Utah? Yep, Oakley, Utah. The thing, too, is like in hindsight, when you're going through that, you're like, this sucks. This is horrible. But sometimes it's the best shit that ever happened to you, too. Totally. You feel like that was a, like that type of situation? Yeah, like I said, I, I could have went down a bad road, like, Sure, I was just smoking weed and drinking, but I was down to do anything. Like, I was down to hang out with the friends that I thought were cool and do whatever, skip school, go get day drunk at 16, 17. Like, made me appreciate what my mom had given me and the support she had given me. And, yeah, made me want to really fucking push for this dream that I've always had since I've started competing, so... At least you stuck in school, too, because a lot of people in that seat are somehow got out of school at, like, 10th grade. or Yeah. Got my GED. Or not my GED. Got my high school diploma. So yeah. Some, not of these, a GED. some of these guys just said, I'm not going to school. And exactly. Didn't matter what their parents did. I don't know how they pulled that. but So the next next phase, you basically, you're done school, and you bas- did you just click into kind of hyper-focus mode and start going for it? Uh, mom talked me into going to college. I went for a semester again, partied. Never, I've never been a school person. I just partied and wasted a bunch of money at Westminster and met some really cool people and told her that I didn't want to do school anymore and just wanted to focus on skiing. And ever since then, it's, my skiing's been popping off. So mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I listened to my heart and did what I wanted to do. Well, that's killer. While we're on this uh, kind of trajectory, I think it might be time to uh, 
hit our pub beer action. Let's get into our breakout moment presented by our friends over at Ten Barrel and Pub Beer. Pub Beer supports us. You should support them. Their tagline is cheap, fun beer. Do you have a memorable breakout moment? Um, I would say getting into, like, World Cups. I was competing against the girls that I've always looked up to. I'd, like, stand up at practice. I'm like, am I really skiing against these girls right now? This is crazy. Um, I'd say that was my big, like, okay. Clicked in your head. Sometimes you got to stop and look around and be like, wow, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm here. Yeah. This, This is it. Exactly. And how'd you do? Um, I tried to go to the Olympics for the past, so Russia and Pyeongchang. I got super close this last one. I was like number five. They took four. It's got to be gnarly in skiing, huh? Yeah, it was, that was my realization where I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. And it's I wasn't on the too team. Intense. Yeah. I wasn't on the U.S. team, so I was doing everything for myself which was a big eye-opener as well. Um, And then you get, like, other countries that get way more support than what the U.S. team gives you. Um, I was invited to world champs and, again, like, had the coaching opportunity and just didn't vibe with it. I I don't know. It wasn't your thing. It wasn't my thing. And also, those, like, those courses, too, the jumps are fucking massive. Yeah. The rails are huge. The like, rails just aren't even it's right. It's like, kinda. and then it's like the conditions are psycho. You got to be really like kind of fired up. Fired up. Every single event, huh? Oh Sniff, my God. Sniffing salts. Sniffing salts. Yeah, sniffing, the, I think the sniffing the salts are definitely every run the should just be, there should be a basket of them for you guys. Yeah, seriously. The world champs course was terrible. It was in Spain and the biggest jumps, the wor- like the worst course I've ever skied in my life. So, yeah. Yeah, who's building these things? They're just out there trying to... I have no idea. Trying to look good. (laughs) I do have to say the builders need some good credit because they are fucking incredible at building parks. All the dudes that work so hard to make those things, I just think it's it's not that easy. Well, when you show up and they're built right, it's amazing. And you can tell, like, you know, some some real dudes built this and they Mm -hmm. they know what's going on. But sometimes it's built wrong and you can tell. Yeah, definitely. Well, along those lines, I have a guest question from none other than T. Hall. Here Whoa. we go. Tanner Hall. Question for Taylor. What's your dream street feature? And are we going to see you get into some pow sometime soon? <laughs> Hell yeah. Quick one, but a banger. I think he's on an exercise bike while he was asking. <laughs> he sounded like it, right? Rehabbing his leg. <laughs> dream feature. Um, I'd say a trap rail. Or or a trap box. What's a trap? Trap, is that trap, like a trap, trap, trap house. Trapezoid, like this, and then a flat on the top. Oh, gotcha. Um, I wanna. I've I've been doing three swaps, back three swaps. So, I've been wanting to do that in the street. Up three sixty to the gap to the down. Exactly. There's a good one in Minnesota yeah, for that. I was gonna say there are they're out There's there. There's a couple of good ones out there. Okay. Send me yeah. the, There's a small the one link. around here, one, but I think it's too small. The one Jesse Paul did board slide, backflip board slide on. You could do it on that. Jesus. Uh, aggressive. Yeah, maneuver, whoa. For sure. But it would, I bet you could do it on that for sure. Trap rail. I like that. Trap. In the trap house. Yeah. I never, I haven't heard those called trap. There might be a trap rail in front of a trap house somewhere as if well. If we could Ooh. find that, that would be the best. 
set up in the streets. Yeah, I think. that's the dream spot. <laughs> so speaking of trap rails and trap houses, I was watching your real ski part, and I noticed you got headphones in in some of the spots. What are we? What are yeah, we banging? What are we banging, are we banging in there? Nicki Minaj, Barbie Dreams on repeat. Oh or, wow! No, sorry, it's <laughs> not even. Ni- yeah, wait, is it Nicki Minaj? Yeah, it's Nicki yeah, Minaj. It's Nicki Minaj. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the Barbie okay. one. Yep. I was curious. I'm like, what do we do? We got, you know, is it e-code as we like to call it? Yeah. Emotional? Is she listening to rap? That's good to know. Yeah, definitely rap when okay. I'm doing that shit. Uh, who was on here? Uh, Mark was saying that Mark McMorris was saying that he listens to bluegrass. Yeah, so no, was, he said Danny Davis always listens to bluegrass. <laughs> he said he hit it a couple times. But he but, hit it. Yeah, he hit and it. And I'm thinking to myself, that sounds horrible. Yeah. In the pow, that might make sense. A little flow. Yeah, a little flow in the pow. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if it has a place in my Yeah, I need some. I want headphones. I want music, my music to make me feel like I want to go stab somebody. <laughs> That's the kind of vibe I'm trying to hit totally. before I drop in. Maybe commit like uh, an armed robbery or some light theft or something like that. <laughs> okay, let's talk... Um, Let's jump into let's jump into real ski. I know we're we're not in chronological, but who it's gives a shit? That way, uh, that was banger. A thank you. And yeah, B. How was that process? Um, it was crazy getting the invite. That's for sure. Um, definitely was like, what the fuck? I'm going up against these insane people. Tanner Hall never thought I'd be in a contest with him. A Hall, madman. Um. But then I kind of tried to ease myself down a little bit. Like, you're the only girl. Just showcase what you got and have fun. Don't stress about it too much. Um, Yeah, Gavin Rudy came out to film it. We kind of, I was living at my dad's old place above the shop, and we were waiting around for snow for, felt like forever. Um, Stuck around here, went to Ogden Salt Lake, and then made the move once there was snow. We were going to do the New York thing, but ended up not going and went to Madison, Wisconsin. Um, Made the drive out there, and five days later, I hurt my knee. So that was a big bummer. I had, like, a bunch of shots that I didn't really love. Was kind of just going to cut them out in hopes to get more bangers. Um, more X Games level stuff, but hurt my knee and had to make the send home and put together what I could. It's definitely not, didn't give it my all due to the knee injury, but I was stoked with what we, what we put together. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Incredible. And the filming, writing, spots, all that stuff. Uh, one question I had along the lines of that is, how do you feel about the fact that you're the only woman and and amongst men do you feel like there should be a woman's only real ski and do you want to elaborate on that whole topic basically 100 percent. like what the fuck especially with the new format there's so many dope girls in pow there's very few girls doing urban right now shit ton of girls in park like Let's get the park girls, the contest girls, out of that. I know you're burnt out, a lot of you. Um, let's, like, start making movies. Like, that used to happen. Why is it not really a thing anymore? Um, I'm actually in the process of writing ESPN a letter to get that going because it's super unfair. How few girls are out there hitting the streets 
on a pro level? Personally, I know of a couple, but maybe not on like a perfect, like they're not getting paid to do this. Yeah, there's not like crews. No, not at all. And that's something where I've kind of put into my own head that maybe I need to create something like that. I mean, the first video project that I did was with Laura Obermeyer and Maddie Jones, and we went to Japan, and our idea was some pow and some some street. And we got a group of girls together, um, made it happen. But, like, most of them weren't getting paid to do that. And, yeah, we got a budget for the project, but... Do I need to start something like the uninvited or? Yeah. Yeah. You're I don't like know. a unicorn out there, huh? It's very there's, rare. There's a couple. Yeah. I, yeah. You got to figure out, I guess, how to get more out there and, exactly. and promote it. And yeah. Well, I know going back to like real ski, if you look at X Games Real Snow, which is the snowboard version of that video contest, uh, I know every dude, like, I think I was talking to Sage. Like, why isn't there? Why isn't there an X Games real ski or snow women's? Like, yeah. why is putting one woman in there doesn't make sense to me. No. It's like just, just make it make it a woman's event. Like, why the hell not? At this point, at least in snowboarding, there's plenty. There's so many women to pick from, and it's just kind of like a weird. I mean, it, it's a it's a half hearted attempt to involve women. Involve women when it's like just fucking. I know, especially a lot of dudes are burnt out on it too. So it's like. Yeah, let's let's let the women take it from here. They could know? almost just take a year and go all women. That's what they should. That that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's yeah. at least for or do both. You do know, both or go all women. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Hopefully, that letter can knock some sense. That's in cool. Here. You actually are taking the time to put a letter together. And yeah, I was talking to Sage a little bit about it too. Like he said, he was gonna gonna talk to them as well. So Sage Kotzenberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He was saying the same shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So dear Xavier Games. <laughs> is that is that who you write? I mean, who do you write? I don't know. There's a bunch of producers and <laughs> yeah. stuff. We've worked with them. I've worked with them in the past, but it's definitely. I mean, having conversations about it's important and yeah. letting people know. Like, yeah, dude, it's fucking time. And that's how you get things done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it totally makes sense with the street thing. There's not a lot of girls, but they've fully changed the format on us. So why not include? Yeah, now that they can, uh, the women can do all different aspects. Yeah, put it all together. Which is so, like, come Which, on, that's so hard. How do you yeah. judge a I mean, full street part? To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whoever shredded the best, I guess. Now, <laughs> now, going back to Tanner Hall's question, part two, he asks, is, are you going to take it to the powder? I would yeah. love to, definitely. I just want to be all-around good skier and snowboarder. Like, fucking love snowboarding. It's so fun, especially in the pow. Um, but... Yeah, I want to do it all. Get a sled. I don't know shit about it, but I only don't know. one way, you know. Got to try. Exactly. Gotta learn. Your dad was a mechanic. You have some type of motorhead in your genes. True. Just get out there, hold her pinned. You'll be all good. The rest will happen mm-hmm. for sure. It'll happen or it won't. Yeah. Or you'll get whiskey throttled into a tree. But I have a feeling it'll happen. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, we're talking about this. I actually have another guest question from another uh, ex-booth uh, goer. Bombhole bomb alumni. Bombhole alumni. Jossie Wells. Here we go. What's up, Bombhole? Jossie Wells calling in from Monica, New Zealand. Grindy, Stony Buds, hope you boys are doing well. I got a t- question for Taylor. 
Hey, uh, we were cutting shapes on a D floor over in Switzerland in the early hours a few years ago. Oh, shit. Uh, we were out there for a World Cup. And since that time, you made a shift with your skiing and started pursuing the street skiing and filming aspect. And uh, so the first part of the question is just like, what, what was your motivation behind that shift? And, you know, what were the factors that made you bow out of the competition scene and and pursue this different avenue um and then second part of the question um what did it feel like to then be able to take your street skiing to the the biggest stage in our sport and be invited into x games real ski um i know that for a lot of us growing up in these sports we you know dream of being in the X Games, it's kind of the pinnacle for us. And, um, you know, I think as you, you know, bowed out of the competition scene, that probably sent like not as much of a reality anymore. Um, but I think it's really cool that that is, that came full circle and you were able to show up and show out. And, uh, yeah, kudos on your riding, girl. You're doing amazing things for skiing. It was super cool to see you be a part of that event and put out a rad video part. Um, keep doing what you're doing, crushing it. Thanks, guys. Peace. Is he trying to hijack the show? With yeah. the length, length that's definitely that the question. longest question we've had. <laughs> Was asked. he calling collect? Because that's going to be an expensive <laughs> call from New Zealand. I don't even There's like four questions. Yeah, I, don't even, I don't even remember the question, but hopefully you do. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jossie. Um, he kind of hit it on the head. Like, once I stopped competing, I was like, okay, well, bye bye, my big dream to X Games. And then mm. it all came full circle. So, yeah, I guess. I've kind of already talked about this. I was just over the coaches, over putting in a bunch of money to who the fuck knows who um, to compete. And, yeah, once it all – once it stopped, I feel like my career has just flourished. So, That's And the part two is how did it – I guess how did it feel to be asked to be a part of that? Yeah, it was insane. I – like I said, when I stopped competing, that dream kind of left my head, and I told myself, I guess that's never going to happen, and it did, and it's a dream come true. Like I feel like all of us action sports people want that. That is the biggest dream, like not the Olympics, but X Games. So Another thing, too, I want to just go back on this topic again, but if you look at it's just – judging do you think it's fair to judge men and women in the same thing like that judging is i don't think it's fair no. i'm just gonna say that yeah. definitely not like We're, i mean there's obvious differences and how how do you even i mean we are so far i mean we're getting better but way better but females are far behind men we're built differently um, our heads work differently. It's just not fair to me. Like if you, it's I don't know if this is a, a sexist statement, but the way I look at, it, if you were to take like take LeBron James and take the top woman in the WNBA and have them compete, it's just not fair. It's not. It's just different. You know what I mean? Like totally. so, and that's um, okay. And that's okay. And but like I, where I, my head goes is like, how did it feel to be asked? But it's like you didn't really get a fair shot to win a fucking gold as far as I'm concerned. Like, let's give the women a fair shot to win some fucking medals in real ski, real snow, the same way the men do. 
That's my take on it. Yeah. So if you X schemes, people are listening. Come on, well, ESPN. Now that she has her foot in the door and a letter out to Xavier, hopefully <laughs> he's going to be down, and next year you'll have a whole whole crew to battle against. Another shot. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Uh-oh. I see what's going on here. Here we go. It's time to get into the liquid death spinning wheel of death. Now, you may start seeing tall cans that look like beer cans when you go to 7-Eleven. A lot like these cans we have on the table. They are not beer. They are filled with mountain spring water. And we crush these cans on the show. They're called Liquid Death. And why are they called Liquid Death, buds? I'll tell you what. I'm on my second one already. And the reason is because it's going to murder your thirst. And the reason... Oh, oh, (laughs) Oh, snap. (laughs) Keep going. So it's going to murder your thirst, and the reason they are in metal is uh, death to plastic. Plastic's huge negative on the environment. And uh, chugging water out of a can, it feels great? It feels great. It feels like, uh, I don't know, it's just a good feeling. Drinking water out of a can is just a great feeling. Okay. Carbonated or not. I think it's time to maybe hit this uh, liquid death spinning wheel of death. So um, do you want to spin it, Taylor? Do it. So also give it a good spin so it like you can put yeah, some vinegar. Let's try behind to it. get it uh get that thing moving. We good? Yeah, we're good. Here we go. CeeLo. Oh. All right. So for the listeners, it landed on CeeLo, so we are going to gamble today on the bomb hole. Let me get out the bomb hole bucks. Love it. Oh, I Huge love gambling that it thing. landed on CeeLo. <laughs> it's incredible. That's what we wanted. Uh, talked to Taylor before. Yeah, we wanted. We switched, uh, we switched. I think, dog collar shock out. For, oh, what? We oh, took that out? Shit. Yeah. Poor Bob. Um, so, so for you, we do three and out for CeeLo. You roll three times. Four, five, six, automatic win. One, two, three, automatic lose. We might have to start making some dice, huh? Highest doubles. Uh, do you have cash? What do you got? I do. I got. Buds and I have. Uh, we're kind of like the house. You yeah. Know? What do we want? We do five dollar game. Five dollar game. Boom. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. All right. Shout out to Jules, the newest uh, bomb hole employee, for getting us some cash from. She went and got some bomb hole bucks. All right. Highest roll goes first. Taylor, yeah, you can go ahead single, and roll first. Are you going to just have her go? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Highest roll first. Highest roll goes first, usually. And a one is not going to do it. Buds oh, goes first. kid came to play. Buds rolled a six for the listeners. Let's narrate this thing. He rolls nothing. nothing. Round roll one. Two rolls left, ladies and gents. Trips. Trip. Thir- trips, motherfucker. That's not trips. You oh, got, what? You got nothing there. What is that? That's a two. I got a two is what I got. He's trying to... No, Oh, yeah, you got it, too. Yeah. It looked like trips from here. This design on it. We need to make our own dice. That's horrible. Horrible design. Nothing. Almost a four, five, six. Nothing. See, I almost thought that was a four. Nothing. You're out. All right. It's uh, Taylor's last chance to win the pot. Here we go. She's just got to beat a lonely two. Can she do it in three rolls? Let's go. Five. Five. That's yours. You took the money. Unless that was that weird one. Good. All right. Should we do, she wins. Should we do one more? Let's do one more. Let's do one more. Come on. I mean, you can just play once and go. I mean, come what on. What do you want to play, Tate? You're, you're the, you won. You get to pick how much money uh, we're, we're going to win or lose. Well, 
Let's do another five. Okay, I like that. I like it. Okay. Bud, do you want to throw your five in there? Yes, sir. All right. So, winner goes first. Yeah, winner goes first. Yeah, winner goes. She goes. She's uh, clacking the dice up. She got a six. six. No, that's strong. That's what you want. Right. right out the gate. I thought it was a four, five, six. Oh, six. We got a push. Ooh. Oof. So, push. unless... Uh, unless you beat that, yes. we we actually got to re-up the pot. So. Six. Oh, six. Wow. six. So we got to throw another five in. Yes. You got five? Got oh, five. yeah. She's got some bomb wool bucks. last time. All right. Five dollar push. This is a big pot. It's supposed to keep going this way next time. Oh, is it? Did I fuck up the rotation? You did, but it's all right. We all got sixes. No harm, no go. foul. Goes back to 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 teach ready to take that cash out. That was some Nothing. fancy rolling too. She's, she's got a good flick of the wrist. Yeah, look at the flick of the wrist. Look at the flick Nothing. of the wrist. Last chance. Last okay. chance to win. Last chance. Be a skunk. We could have a skunk situation here. Look at the flick of the wrist. Oh, two, two. two. Better than nothing. Be a strong two. Wait, strong wait, wait, two. Wait, let's go this way clockwise. Always. Yeah, you're right. Out in them streets. This uh, t- table kind of thro- throws me off. You shot in the foot in the streets if you were to do that. Nothing. Nathan Ramsey. Come on. Come on, two. Oh, Ooh, what do we got? six. Shit. The kid has a six. Shit. Kid came to win two. Motherfucker. Champion. Wow. And uh, Bud sticks the pot. Nice work. Champion gear. I rock to get your boots knocked. <laughs> okay, uh, Bud's all of a sudden got kind of like G-code real quick when he wins the pot. <laughs> uh, he's going to be feeling real good. You're going to notice, notice Bud's is going to be very like... Wow! Yeah, he's going to be excited. <laughs> he's going to be energetic. Like he just sniffed that... Uh, the same yeah. Yeah, that same feeling. It's the same feeling. The sniffing salts. Sniffing salts. Sniff, yeah. yeah. Winning at gambling. Yeah. Check me in. Gambling anonymous. Let's go. We do not support gambling if you're a gambling in any addict. way. Yeah. In any way, we don't. We do not condone this activity or form. All I right, got no, I got no pockets. Yeah, I need a hipster sack. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we got some shorts uh, at bombhole.com. They unfortunately did not come with pockets, but they're great shorts. So they are great shorts. I love them. I recommend wearing a hoodie to put your items. Um, you need that hoodie hoodie sack in the center. All right, all right. Let's jump back into it now. Um, earlier. Maybe at the skate park or on my notes, I have a note about your mom, and it just says gay mom on here. So let's talk about that. Okay. So my parents were together since they were like 12. Um, best friends. 12. Into lovers. Yeah. Super young. Um, I think they got married. My mom was 19. Dad was 20. Somewhere around that age. Um, had my brother first, and then... Nine years later, had me, and I don't know. My parents were partiers. They were owning Porsches, and I don't. My mom was a car salesman. Um, Dad was killing it in the restoration business and propeller business for boats. And then my mom realized that she didn't want to live the party life and. I guess this is from my understanding, but then they got a divorce and they weren't working out. And my mom started dating women. 
And growing up, I hated it. Like, it was so hard for me. My brother had a super hard time with it. I would tell friends that would come over that that girl's my nanny. My mom travels a lot, so that girl's my nanny. Um, I have a diary still that says, like, oh, me and my mom got in a fight. Like, my mom's a lesbian. I hate it. I get made fun of at school because I have two moms. People would ask me if I'm, like, a sperm donor or whatever. Um, So I hated it. Had a super rough time with it. But got older, and who cares what people think? And your parents were together 20 years, right, before she figured that out? Mm -hmm. I think she knew all along, but... I don't know. It's, How did dad take that? Oh, he struggled with it for a long time. He never got remarried. He had a girlfriend, I guess, as my whole life. Like, she was around my whole life. But they love each. They loved each other. Um, they were friends. They were friends until my dad passed away. Like, they communicated really well. They, yeah, they got along. So that was great. No hard feelings there. Also thinking about the time frame of your mom, it, maybe it was not as socially acceptable mm. back then as it is now. Yeah. I'd imagine. Definitely not. She, so my whole life, that was a no. Like, there's no, I was boy crazy. Su- super young age. Loved, I don't know. Yeah. Never thought that that would be an option for me. Um, met this girl actually in the ski world and, I was dating this guy at the time, and she kind of came on to me, like, sat really close. I was feeling something weird. Um, This guy broke my heart, and I started talking to this girl, and it was a feeling that I've never felt before. So, yeah. She figured you had to explore it, I explored it, and I was like, I'm kind of sick of the guys and want to switch over, and yeah. Accepted my mom, and she, I guess where I was going with this is she had the conversation with me, like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you got to be positive about it because you're going to get shit. You're going to, people are going to put you down. Um, I just hope that you're you're okay with it, and you're you're expecting that. Um, which, for the most part, like, I, I've been super lucky with how people treat me about it, like, I mean, in this world, it's a lot more accepting. So, but yeah, she definitely gave me the, hey, are you sure? It's hard. So, now what did the journey look like? Kind of, I guess, coming out and becoming comfortable with that. Was that, did you kind of like squirm for a little bit? Did it take a second? I'm just kind of curious about that process. Yeah, I I feel like I kind of just disappeared from like trying to become friends with people that didn't accept me for who I am. Um, It was hard. Like, when I went to wilderness and boarding school, I was a senior in high school. I Actually, a big reason why I got sent away is because that that first relationship with a girl, I was, she was actually from Boston, and it was a long-distance relationship. She was three, four years older than me. Um, I was still in high school. She graduated, moved to Park City, and I thought I was a big kid, and could go live with her or live like I wasn't going to high school still. Um, so I hit it in boarding school. I told 
people that I was there because of a boyfriend. Um, so yeah, it was, it took a while, but after that I was like, fuck, I can't believe I just lied to some of my best friends that I spent a year with about this. Like, why didn't I just accept it and talk about it? And if they don't like it and they don't love me for who I am, then fuck you. Like, yeah, maybe they should be in your life. life. Yeah. Yeah. What about sponsors? I've never been worried about that. Yeah, I don't see that even being just curious. But no, I I mean, I know people that are. You know, personally, I I had a relationship that was really scared of that. So, what? Whatever. Like, I get it. It's just it can be a scary process, and you just gotta take your time, figure it out. However you want to figure it out. Like some people take their whole lives to figure it out. And some people just don't give a shit what other people think and whatever, whatever you need. I, I do have to commend you on the fact that um, just hanging out at the skate park, skating ninth and just, we haven't spent a ton of time together, but I do feel as though you're somebody who's authentically comfortable in your own skin, comfortable with who you are a hundred percent. And a lot of people struggle with that be, gay, heterosexual, just humans in general struggle with that. And I kind of want to just touch on the fact that, um, like, you know, did you, did you, I, I just have a question about like when you fully came out and you're like, this is me and you became comfortable in your own skin. Did you feel like a weight was lifted? Did you feel like you received in a way that was better than expected in case maybe somebody's listening to this and they're in the closet and they're not sure, you know, kind of talk people through that process. Um, definitely huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like, I think that was a huge part of me becoming comfortable with myself and being comfortable in my own skin. Um, it's hard, but you are a product of your environment. And if you're hiding something inside of yourself, um, then maybe like the people that you don't want to be around are going to be around because you're hiding this special thing that you're, I don't know, feeling inside. Like, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's, I feel like it's just so important to be yourself. And again, if someone doesn't like the way that you think, live or act, then go live your own life. Like I don't need you in my life. And now that I've accepted who I am and what, who I want to be around, it's just, I am like, so happy with the people in my life, the friend groups, um, being able to talk to sponsors like pride weeks coming or pride month is coming up, like helping the community and just being open with who you are. So important. And how can you be happy if you're hiding something? And if you can't be happy, that's, that's a bummer. So it's props, props to you. Totally. Thank you. Also, um, by the time this airs, it will be, it, Pride, will be Pride. it will be Pride Month, yeah. and we have a really cool thing that we're doing for the bomb hole, and for just Pride in general, for Pride Month in general. Um, Taylor drew a really cool handwritten kind of drawing, and we turned it in. We're turning it into a sticker, and it will be available uh, for bomb hole on bombhole.com. And all the proceeds we found a foundation that we landed on. It goes to the It Gets Better project. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if remember all the details, but it's, it's, uh, Alliance, the gay community 
Do you remember the details of that per se? Just helping kids um, understand that they have a sense of community and there's no need to, I don't know, be be a cool kid or like try and be a part of the cool kid group. Like just, again, be yourself. And I think it just creates that. Yeah. Yeah. Group for people. And we'll uh, link it on the show notes and how to access the foundation. And um, also, I I keep a couple other things on this subject while we're on it, too. Is it one thing I've heard some some arguments that are like, you know, on the show and stuff where people are like, why are you talking about like even why are you even bringing up like people being gay? Nobody cares. Right. But ultimately, like then you'll read some comment. I read some comment, uh, which is not healthy to do. There's still fucked up people. There's still people that are very churchy and they believe that it's like a disease. And so even though maybe our immediate friend group doesn't give a shit, it's important to talk about it because there's some people that still give a shit. And so we need to like, do you feel as though it's important to talk about to make sure that, you know, you got people on your team and stuff like that or hundred percent. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. Seriously. It's so important to talk about, um, when I did the last year, I did a Dekine thing with them for Pride Month. Um, I can't tell you how many DMs I got being like, this is so helpful to hear like someone in your position talk about because I've always been scared. I'm scared to talk to my mom. I'm scared to tell my friends. Like, It's okay to, again, if they don't accept you, then fuck them. Like, you are who you are, and be accept yourself. Like that's what's gonna make you happiest. So, and also your, you know, woman skier of the year right now, an icon of your sport. Having a, like some someone for men and women to look up to is fucking huge. You know, you look at when I look at um, snowboarding, for example. You talk about Jay Kuzik, Tanner Pendleton. You know, Kennedy Deck. There's, there's. The, the gay community is kind of, it's it's widely known now, but nobody, until them, there was nobody for take a, a 10, you know, 10, 12-year-old kid that's gay that to look up to. Is it okay to be gay and be a pro skier? Is it okay to be gay and be a pro snowboarder? It's like, it's fucking important to let these kids know, like, fuck yeah, it is. We got your back, you know? And uh, I don't know, just, I don't really know where I'm going with that. It was just a point. Well, yeah. just them hearing this conversation, you know, yeah. it can let them know it's okay to talk to people and be themselves, and that's huge. Yeah, I've seen people hold it in for a long time, and that can be detrimental to your life. And yeah, your mental health—it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be the worst thing. Okay, and then last, lastly, one question I had is like, as a you know, maybe, maybe I'm not the most like on finger on the pulse of. Uh, the the gay community of what 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 are things that you don't realize that maybe we could do better uh just on a day-to-day if there, do you have anything that comes to mind that, that people do that you see they're like ah dude maybe chill out on that or this any examples of anything i guess the thing that comes to mind is just saying like oh that that shit's gay or mm-hmm. i'll hear little kids at the skate park say it all the time and maybe not to me but other people that can be pretty hurtful so I don't know, just watch what you say. Like it's like saying the N word while you're singing along to your favorite rap song. Like 
don't say it. It's not nice. Yeah. Yeah, I heard some people say it as recent as last week, and I always say, like, man, that's not chill. Yeah. I mean, I said it when I was a kid. You yeah, know? when you're a kid, and yeah. eventually you grow up and learn and realize that it's hurtful. It's Totally. Don't say that shit, kids. Yeah, don't say it. <laughs> okay, I think it might it's be not, time. not funny. For you know what, buds? <sighs> Name that video part. Oh, God. Let's do it. How confident are you feeling? Zero. Oh, we got a goose egg. Goose like eggs. a point five, maybe. Point five. Okay, I like that. Half like a that. goose egg. So I did a I did a ski uh, video part for this. Okay. Oh, okay. So, um, all right, for all you skiers out there, listen. Here we go. Holy shit! I have no idea. Your Music that thug has to be a street part. The street part. Your filmer Gavin oh, suggested really? this one. Yeah. I said, who should I do? And he said, This part's iconic. <laughs> Can I hear it one more time? Yep. Is it Clayton Villa from Mutiny? Woo! She got it. <laughs> I didn't know it. All right, and we also got some okay, new coolers. Damn. They're under the coolers are underneath Woo. your shit. Pat on no, the on your back. side. Good job. You got it. You won the prize pack. Which but it's oh under the table. Under the table. Oh. I just can't reach it. We got a brand new uh, in black. You're getting the what? first black cooler. Wow. It's uh your nice. award for guys. for winning the uh, name that video part stuffed it's, with merch we got bomb hole coffee mug bomb hole shorts i think a shirt um, stickers stony buds air fresher all available hot item bombhole.com but diesel yeah. yeah you can find all those items except for the cooler you got to come on the show for that yeah gotta it's, get your place in the hot seat the, the, the only thing is this is your only chance to win a cooler because liquid death is sponsoring the guest name that video part. Oh, snap. For the listeners. And they can win a cooler. So they can win. Um, it's a Liquid Death Igloo Cooler. Come and on. two cases of Liquid Death, if you get it right. And the way to we determine who gets it, comment if you know the name of this song and whose video part it is. It's a snowboard video part. Taylor's picture on Instagram for a chance to win not a bomb hole prize pack, but a Liquid Death the prize pack. The first photo of Taylor yes, uh, announcing... Clear. That it's her uh, show dropping the next day, to be clear. Okay, here we go. Okay. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. Did they pick that song? No, I picked it. So we're going to do a uh, Patreon question. And this is from... KP from Treefort Lifestyle. He wants to know who the biggest influence of your skiing is that comes from outside of skiing. And this is your skiing and your style, basically. So what influences you outside of skiing but influences your skiing? I don't know which road to go down here. Um, I'd say either music or skateboarding. Skateboarding is a huge passion of mine. 
Um, I feel like it pushes me to try harder in skiing, like even to ollie, get a nice ollie on your skateboard. Like takes a lot of effort and practice, um, kickflips, a lot of practice with skiing. It's like, okay, I know how to slide a down rail. Um, you don't put as much thought into it as ollieing over a curb or onto a box or whatever. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say skateboarding is huge. That's a good answer, I think, because uh, skateboarding is so hard. I, you can uh, really take a lot and put that into your street skiing. and makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. I see you at 9th and 9th all the time, the skate park here in Salt Lake City. Now, what what kind of role does skateboarding have in your life? How much is it incorporated in the summer, non-skiing seasons? It's nice to take a break from skiing. Um, and, yeah, like get your mind off something that you enjoy doing and don't get paid to do. And, it, yeah, it takes a lot of practice. Um, I I do practice practice skiing a lot, um, push myself to like hike a rail and can't leave until I land this trick. Um, same thing goes for skating. Like I'll say, all right, do a kickflip and a heel flip and all the tricks you know how to do before you leave. Um, so that's huge. Again, like putting so much effort into skating because I'm not as good or like as talented as I am in skiing or have like this big trick bag um it helps me like drive myself more for skateboard or for skiing i love that uh one one wormhole i think would be kind of fun to go into talking about too is is if you if you take skiing and snowboarding for example there's a big community aspect of it it's it's a big part of it but a lot of times when you go skiing or snowboarding you're going up to the mountains you're in your car with your friends you're on the chairlift with your friends you're kind of you kind of stay in your little bubble but uh, one thing I've noticed about the skate parks here, and I'm just speaking from my own experiences, is that there's there's a community aspect, especially with specific ones that, that have built that kind of culture and community around it. And um, I just feel as though skate parks are very sacred places in the fact that you can always go there. If you don't have any friends and you need a friend, there's going to be somebody at the skate park. There's going to be people there. You can make friends through skating. Or if you're going through hard times, the skate park's there for you. If it's, you know, if you don't like your home life and you need to go somewhere to not be home, the skate park is there for you. So, uh, I don't, do you have anything you want to add to that? Do you feel the same sentiment towards kind of the skate park space as well? Yeah, definitely. That's huge. Like, I always, with skiing, you're covered up, you have goggles, you can't really tell if that person is the person you think it is or... Maybe you feel excluded because you didn't ride the lift up with that person that you wanted to ride the lift up with, or those guys are filming, and should I go over there? Should I ride with them? Like, there's kind of an exclusive feeling to skiing and snowboarding. Again, you have to buy all the gear. You have to buy a season's pass. You have to find a ride up there. With skating, you can just put your shoes on, grab your skateboard, and hop outside and there's definitely something special about that and then yeah ninth and ninth is a, an awesome place like you're feeling down go there you have 
a bunch of familiar faces. Um, I mean, I guess this is with any skate park, but you can talk, talk. Like, you're not all covered up. You don't have goggles on. Um, yeah, it's such a sentimental place for me. I think, too, especially, you know, COVID and, and a lot of people getting more and more isolation and people still recovering from that. It's still not, you know, skate parks or some are closed in certain areas. And But, but um, you know, I still think that, that people, if you're feeling lonely, you need a place to go, just fucking go, go to the skate park. Just hang out. Have a conversation with people. Yeah, don't even it's have not, to skate. You don't just have to skate. Hang out. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, definitely a cool one to talk about. I mean, in... And I can say my life, it's, it's been there when I've needed, I've needed it, you know, and, uh, I hope that, uh, towns and communities understand the importance of these spaces and not only making, uh, just a skate park, but if you make, you need to make a good skate park that skates well. Cause if you put some shitty ramps there, it's going to be people that don't really skate that appear to it. If you build a really good skate park, it will create an entire culture and community and people will go there. Every day it will self-police itself. I'm kind of rambling about this, but I can't hammer on enough the importance of skate parks in the community. Well said. I agree. Hollowed ground. Uh, do you have another Patreon question, bud? I do. Um, this is from Will Bamford. Women-specific hard goods. Does it actually make a difference compared to smaller size general neutral gear, or is it all about marketing? I'm just going to be honest. I think it's all about marketing. Really? Definitely. Um, it sucks that we, like, put when a baby's born. Yeah, I'm having a boy. It's it's blue. I'm having a girl. It's pink. Um, I don't know. Times are changing, and it shouldn't be like that. I think Sweden does, like, no gender-neutral color. Yeah, gender-neutral colors. Um but I think that's so important. Like, why why make a girl ski pink or a girl's jacket pink? Like, but yeah, I don't know. Um, also, like softer skis for girls or shorter skis for girls. I have a problem with um, my ski sponsor right now. I'm on a ski they don't even make the right length for me and and I'm supposed to promote it and that makes it really hard to be honest to the general public um everything just needs to be gender neutral I think what's crazy is they they're missing the point they should be changing their line because it's obvious there's a need for what size you want mm-hmm. if you're riding it other people need it so they're kind of missing the mark a little bit Totally. And hopefully they'll listen to you and do that. Yeah. And and snowboarding, they're always making board women's boards too soft as well, and you you'll end up seeing a lot of the ripping girls just jumping on a men's board. Exactly. Because the flex is actually mm-hmm. right. Maybe just the smaller size because they don't want to be on a one sixty five or something. But or what's even worse that happens all the time is a woman's on a man's board with a woman's graphic, which is false advertising. Yeah, by false this advertising. board, but it's not the right board. Yeah, they need to just go through and actually make the product correct and figure it out. Listen to your athletes. Yeah. 
or do the gender neutral models. And I've noticed, you know, a lot of brands are starting to pick up on that in snowboarding. I don't know about skiing. Yeah. But not yet, but yeah. it needs to happen for they sure. They should. Yeah. Let's talk about teams and men versus women. And are, do you think there's equal opportunity granted for the men's skiers as the women's skiers right now? On, as far as spots on teams and things like that that are doing enough? No, but it's hard because there's obviously a lot more men than women in the sport. Um, I feel like even less in snowboarding, or even less in skiing than in snowboarding. Um, yeah, there's just not a lot of us. Um, there's definitely some well-deserving girls out there that should get a contract should get paid like keep this keep this community and this passion going and help if you want to continue to grow help help your girls out so i've i've kind of tried to take that into my own hands and include more women and think of projects i can do and all of that are you aware of the uh percentage of sales that's women versus men in skiing no idea no i would be very interested to yeah, see because i bet the sales are pretty high i mean he's, families are going out skiing together and you know the wives are on skis the daughters are on skis yeah you would think the women's sales would actually be pretty high yeah so but i don't i have no idea what those numbers would be but in snowboarding you know we've been able to get a handle on that number to see see it and they try to build their teams based on how many on, on the sales, basically a direct equation to how much money they're spending on a team. So, uh, yeah, we need to get that info in skiing so we can see what, see what goes on. Definitely. I feel like there's a lot more family, family skiing versus snowboarding maybe. Yeah, no, exactly. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. You should try to find out from your sponsors what that number is and try to start your battle there. Well, like yeah. woman sales is dial it in. Is forty percent, you know, like see what that percentile is. It's also it's got to be on a crazy, like hockey stick graph when you look at it, because you know, I'm not a social scientist or anything, but my observations I've seen over the past, you know, fifteen years. Let's just say, let's just take skateboarding for example, right? You you know, when I first moved here, uh, or just started skating for that matter. I can only think of like one or two girls in the whole city or town or area that I would see at the skate park. It was, it was very uncommon. And I think that what happens in, uh, you know, in my unprofessional opinion is that it seems like women maybe see other women doing like skateboarding and they're like, Oh, it's okay for me to do that. Same thing should be said for different races, ethnicities, all that. But if we're talking about, you know, women doing action sports, it's like, it's almost like the light bulb went off and women are like, it's okay for me to skate. Holy shit. And all of a sudden it's like fucking 40% or I don't know. It's, it's so trendy. It's it, so many a, people. There's a lot of women at the skate park, yes. which is fucking awesome. So going back to skiing, it's almost like hopefully you can get in front of a bigger audience and more women that there's that 10 year old girl. That's like, Oh damn Taylor. Like I want to be like her. I want to be a pro freestyle skier and hit street rails and, that and so it, it is really important what you're doing. It's important for the youth to see and, and to pave those ways. Because I mean, who did you look up to as a skier when you were coming? There probably wasn't very many women skiers in the mix, right? Um, yeah, I would say Ashley Battersby. 
She needs an air horn for sure. Um, I love rollerblading from when I was a kid. Like, like I said, my mom would drop me off at the skate park at nine o'clock and pick me up all sweaty and scabby. And once the sun went down, so she was a really good rollerblader. Um, and then Kaya Tursky, both of them rollerbladed. So I feel like that was. Like, before skiing, I wanted to go to the X Games for rollerblading. And then they took it out, and I was like, well, fuck this. I'm going to try skiing and skateboarding. Um, But, yeah, those two were huge inspirations of mine. They killed it in the ski world. It seemed like that was almost the era of, like, the token girl. Totally. More than, like... There's a gang of women that do this. I feel like back then it was, like, find... Find the pretty girl, put her put her on the poster. Whether like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just different these days, and I'm trying to trying to change that. Mm-hmm. And then, what do you think brands could do better? Um, sponsor more girls. Get your get your product out there. Um, create more projects. Push projects on people. Maybe not like feel like. Brands are so focused on the contest world, and there's so much beyond the contest world. Um, We freestyle skiing started from, like, the people who didn't want to race, who didn't want to do moguls. Um, So continue building that community and, (coughs) yeah, including more women. And in your advertising, start making more women product that, Women will actually want to wear and maybe not tight ass clothes and that are pink and floral. So, also, you, I have a note here about uh, like in snowboarding, there's a lot of community get togethers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that maybe skiing could take a page out of the book there. Totally. There's so much going on in snowboarding, I feel like, event after event. Um, we have one that comes to mind, and that's Kimbo Sessions all the way in Sweden. Like, some people can't afford that um or some people aren't invited so I I first fell in love with skiing when there was a girls contest called Queen's Cup in Park City Remember um, that? yeah it was the sickest the pro girls would come in create their teams and all the amateur riders would group up with the pros and you get to meet the people you idolize and also like showcase what you have and things like that. It just needs to be more group oriented and not push people out, not be, I don't know, inclusive, be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems to become very, uh, very niche, uh, very segregated if you will. And yeah, we, we've, forget in some senses about the community aspect and how important that is. And, and these con there's like the big, there's like the big contests that are like fists and serious shit. And then it seems like the small contests fall through the cracks. The ones that get you, make you fall in love with skiing or snowboarding, like right. bring that shit back. Yeah. No more rails to riches. Like just those, those small things that kind of, or like opens that get you to a bigger platform. Like there's none of that. I mean, I guess there's RevTor, but it's all owned by this shitty corporation or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. 
that you need a coach to get to the next level. So something that isn't that. Are there skiers like putting their own events together like there is in snowboarding? The only one is Kimbo Sessions. And that's it. Yeah. And that's not really, I mean, maybe there is and I'm just not thinking of it. Yeah. But in snowboarding, we have so many little so things that many. riders kind of spearhead, and and it's awesome. So you cool. can't even go to them all. There's so many, you know. It's you got to pick and choose. Yeah, and and what is that like? Skiers aren't getting paid enough money, or that must be what? It, or they're yeah, that must mm. be no. They're just yeah, they're raising you money can, to you do can make it. that shit happen. It's yeah. not about I don't think it's about funding. It's about just because it doesn't come out of their pocket. Putting value on community and events. Yeah, simply put, and yeah. not and now going back to. A question I, I'm curious in your shoes, because I know as a snowboarder, FIS is the governing body of the Olympics and all the snowboarding competitive contests that get you to the Olympics. So if I, if whatever, I don't know what it stands for, but it's run by it's skiers. It's like Federation. Federation of International Skiing. Um, yeah. I could be wrong, but like that's my guess, right? Yeah. So FIS is skiers that judge all the snowboard contests. And my take is I think they're the fucking worst. Now, as a skier, though, what's what's your take on fists? I would always wear a fuck fists sticker. Like, <laughs> it's just not my vibe. Like I said, we need to have a sense of community, not this competitive ass. Like, I was watching Jossie's episode. Like, it used to be, he. I think he said, like, it used to be traveling around with your boys. Like, it needs to be... I guess I'm a chill person. Like, I want to chill, have fun, not be in this, like, competitive. I mean, I'm I'm competitive for sure, but it's different when you're with your friends and, oh, that person just tried this trick. Like, I'm going to try and one-up it or I'm going to try and do it better. I think, for me, I enjoy that type of mindset better. Yeah, I, that that makes sense. It's and it seems like they're, it just sucks because the way it's all governed and the the governing body, it's it comes from ski. I could be wrong about this, but does it come from ski racing? I think so. So yeah. I, I could be wrong. You can fact check me on this, but if you look at the entire governing body of snowboarding and freestyle skiing, is fucking ski racers came from gates. Yeah, and so it's like these people Slalom. are not cut from the same fucking cloth as us. Not at all. And so these fucking people are out here. Determining who goes to the Olympics, and now since all the all the companies are about it, and they're all like with it, they're like, oh, or the countries, I should say rather, they're like, this is how I go to the Olympics. The riders are like, this is how I go to the Olympics. But like, if we as snowboarders or freestyle skiers, if anybody wants to come together, I don't really know how to do this, but I'm I'd like to be on the board of how <laughs> the fuck do we take down fists and take back snowboarding and take back freestyle skiing from these fucking ski racers, man, because it's yeah. like. Dude, it ain't it. It ain't working. The judging ain't working. The way they run the events isn't working. You can't watch it. I'm, I'm a fan of skiing, like freestyle skiing, watching the fucking half pipe. You guys go huge. Girls go huge. Huge, man. It's like, I like watching that stuff, but the way that it's run, like a World Cup, I don't even know how to watch a World Cup. You yeah. can't even get the feed link for a World Cup. Like, nobody cares about a World Cup. Not to go off on a tangent, but I think uh, it's time for a change, and I hope that can happen one day. Yeah. You know? And then they run it in What's shitty crazy weather. People have tried, <laughs> you know, yeah, they've really tried totally. to dig in. Yeah, at Fist will run run them bad weather and not even care. Yeah, because they're worried about their TV time. Their commercial you know? slots yeah. have to be filled at this day, and that's just not how make the women go we when it's made. all windy and yeah. 
also, horrible. I think there was a shift. We've talked about this, but I do think there was a shift that once, like, snow snowboarding, especially slope style snowboarding, because there's always half pipe. But once that got kind of accepted into the Olympics, it there's there's just a, a the entire attitude changes because you have parents that otherwise wouldn't want their kids skiing freestyle. They'd want them in the gates, but all of a sudden it's okay. Or it, it kind of, it's not this like counterculture attitude. It's this, well, it's okay now. It's in the Olympics. Little Timmy's going to go to the Olympics so we can get behind him. Mm-hmm. It's, instead of him playing fucking tennis, he's, he's, uh, he's skiing where it's like, I don't know. I, I get kind of chapped about that stuff a little bit. I feel you. I'm so with you on that. And kids aren't even learning the like fundamentals of skiing or snowboarding it's like airbag double let's go you're gonna win and you're gonna move on to the next step so it just takes the fun out of it i was watching that airbag double process at mammoth and man it doesn't look fun no like, just slamming all day into that bag they didn't ah. have that back in the day they yeah. were doing like learning right left Cat switch cab both yeah. ways like figuring it out, figuring it out, not hucking them, slamming meat into that and, bag. Yeah. It's got to hurt a little bit if you mm-hmm. land wrong. I think those well, also especially those, in the pipe, you know, those transition features definitely wean out the people that know how to turn versus the people that yeah. uh, just can go straight and learn everything into a bag. Just, tell you those skiers, they do go quite large in the pipe. Fuck yeah, pretty impressive. Four edges gives it a little bit more control, huh? Never got the pipe jock thing. These guys were going huge in Mammoth. Were you just there? Yeah, was, we were there last week. Okay. And uh, the skiers were definitely dominating as far as uh, amplitude. Four edges, man. Four edges. Okay, so let's get into some hot takes. Woo! Uh, one we like to always ask, the MJ slash goat of skiing. Who you got? Male and female. Male and female. Um, for female skiing, I am gonna say Michelle Parker. I remember competing against her in a North Face Open Park and Pipe Open competition, and she was killing it in slope style. She did the urban thing. Um, now she's crushing mountaineering or pow skiing. Mountain biking, too. Mountain biking. Like, she's just still in it, and that is so respectable because, I mean, we do this because we love it, and some people get burnt out on it, and she's still crushing it and paving paths for young ladies, young men, older, young, older, young, uh, myself, so... She's a boss. Okay. What about on the male? I already said his name. I'm a huge fan. Henry Carlo. Um, always creating new tricks, new, like, he just looks good. Whether he has big-ass clothes or yeah, not. I got to look him back up. He's the one with really baggy clothes, right? Yeah. Used to have dreadlocks. Yeah, used to have dreads. Now, I got a question. I noticed some people, when they get to that, that kind of, really excessive level of bag they all wear suspender skis now i figured out why well it's not even a question it's more of a statement but you when you snowboard your your legs are are on the bindings so they're wider so your your, your pants step uh. when you're skiing and your your feet are close together 
your pants don't stay up, right? Is that is that it, or is that sure? They yeah. all have suspenders. You noticed? Yeah, if they have really baggy gear, they got to rock suspenders. What's up with that? I don't get it. I don't know how you can ski with your pants like way past your ass. Some people will like put shoelaces on their little yep. belts, and if they don't have suspenders, I guess, but. Like, their pants aren't even on them. They're just, like, a floating object on their legs. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I'm a huge fan of baggy pants, but a I don't get it. floating object Yeah, on their I don't legs. get it. I, here's the deal. I don't want Henrik Harlow to change a fucking thing no. about what he does. Please don't. But there's a couple of guys I see at the local resort where I... Well, the long, long, long tees, I guess, is to accommodate for the pants. Yeah, well, you can't go baggy to small. It doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, but a belly shirt with a fucking that's could be could be a new look. That could be progressive. But they uh, the skiers like them like kind of thinner but longer. Haven't you seen that look? The super long tees. Oh, yeah, yeah, the tall tee. It's like a slim tall. But they yeah, it's like a slim tall, and it's different than like a normal tall tee. It's Mm -hmm. like. You know what I've seen skiers Inches do? It's like fabric. they take a normal hoodie, and then they cut it, and then they add oh, the yeah. they add like a another like layer a of fabric another. in the middle. Mm-hmm. These things are unbelievable, and it's and it's long. It like mm-hmm. comes right to above their yeah. knees, maybe past their knees. Are those still happening? Days. Are people still rocking? I feel with like those? that's past. I mean, some people like the extra baggy, but yeah, when but you know it'll come back, it will. It all it, it all, all comes it all back comes around. Back. <laughs> but I used to buy like Gen X clothes and like layer my. Yeah, well, that's nice. a lot of snowboarders did that too. Yeah. That's yep. like, that's classic style. And then it went to the tight pant, like Hesher phase. That went out. Did you faster. go tight pants ever? Hell no. You stuck to your guns? Oh, yeah. You know what I see I like a lot that. of skiers wearing is uh, the wind pants. How do you feel about the wind pants? The windbreaker pants? Yeah. I mean, do what you want to do, but <laughs> I would never, I would never wear them. I don't know. It doesn't seem efficient. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. You're Legs and your feet are gonna get wet. Also, I don't know if this is this is a thing in snowboarding. I, I we haven't really talked about this. A lot of the kids nowadays they're not wearing goggles. Yeah, I've noticed that. Are you? What's your? Do you wear goggles? I I like to wear goggles. Yeah. I yeah. see, like so, like half the kids, like middle of winter, no goggles, like eyeballs burning out of the skull. Dude, I've recently found out that it's really bad for your eyes. Yes. Oh, yeah. There was a dude who uh, never, it's like a famous guy in skiing that never wore any protective eyewear. And uh, eventually it like really messed his eyes up. So his eyes were like popping out. Jesus. And uh, and it's from all the wind. And it starts to wear you down. I forget what his name was. The guy, somebody from backcountry was telling me about it. Have you guys seen the bat, like they wear the goggles, but they put it on the. Back of their head. Oh, so they got them. <laughs> I'm kind of rocking with that, though. That's kind of You can flavor. tag the sponsor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're hiking, it's good to just throw it up there because then you don't get all the moisture in and there. Goggles were created forehead. for a reason, you know, right. and you need them out there. Dude, I see, like, literally go ride Woodward here in, in Park City there, and it's like, you know, five out of ten kids. No goggles. Sunny day. Are they wearing sunglasses? No, sunny well, day. See, dude, they're booting mid- their Midwinter, mid- no goggles. I need to, you know what I, they should start wearing? You know, baseball players, they do the eye black. That would help. You know, it's like, uh, or, you know, if the, they got a pop fly, the sun doesn't go in their eyes. Do these guys, their retinas are going to detach? Yeah. They go, no goggles, <laughs> just eye black. It's so bad for you. I can't can't tell you enough how bad that is for you. Okay, another, I got a debunk, I, another debunk. Uh, <laughs> situation here. What What's going on with the skiers that throw all the gear over the shoulder and then swing it around like a fucking harpoon? I feel like I've definitely knocked someone before. Yeah. 
I don't know. That's the only way to hold your skis, right? Yeah. Some people way? do it like this. Is that a, not a good look? It's like a little kid look. Why not get a ski tote? Or the the ski suitcase. Yeah. I don't ski with poles, so I can't do that. But Oh, you go no poles. No poles, yep. There's a big debate about that, too, huh? There is, for sure. Um, I got a story why I don't, though. But what I'm saying is the ski suitcase where they get their poles and they hold. Yeah, hold, yeah. it's called a, a ski tote. Well, there's there's it? a there's a product a brand called, called, a called brand, the ski tote. She's oh. talking about making a little basket with your hooks from your ski poles, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you carry oh, okay. You're, he's talking about a product that we've talked about on air before. The ski tote, yeah. The ski tote, and it'll even lock too, so you don't get your stuff stolen. Okay. Do people do that these days still? Yeah, I looked it up. Ski tote is still a flourishing business. Oh, steel stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's never going out of style. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, let's hear this pole story. I was at Aspen Open and. Over-rotated a spin, and my pole went into my chest. Sternum, right in there. Yep, right. yep. That's a painful zone. I, like, landed on it, like, overshot, landed on it like that, and totally lost my breath, couldn't breathe for, like, just was gasping for breath. And then my eyesight went white for 30 minutes, like, legit couldn't see anything. It was just white. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. It was so scary. Which usually means a migraine's coming or something, but 30 minutes. I don't know. It was insane. Did you think he wasn't going to come back? Yeah, I thought I was blind or something. I don't know. It was a while ago, but yeah, it was really scary. And also, like, the thumbs get messed up, so I just dropped it. And rollerblading. Kind of look like a rollerblader when you're doing it. And you can grab better. In the pow, I'll, I'll bring the poles out, but. Makes sense. Yeah, because there's been a big debate lately, and a lot of the guys are leaning back towards using poles, is what I've heard. Back to it. Yeah, but only yeah, from but our limited, our limited uh, data on that. Yeah, we we only have three <laughs> three guests that we're pulling information from. But uh, Jazzy was saying it was coming back, and Tanner was saying it was coming back. Yeah, people like to use the like super long poles. Well, you can get longer. Yes, that's ones. a style. Yeah. Grenier could point better if he had longer poles too, out there. Uh, that you don't realize like what you're missing as a snowboarder, the pole clink. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I mean, I'm a fan of that. Yeah, you can clap. <laughs> yeah, your buddies, your, your buddy lands something over there. You see yeah. all the time on the knuckle. There's just their, their friend does a 1080. That's like <laughs> a skater slamming their skateboard down on the tail yep. of the ramp. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't have that in snowboarding. Yep. It is a lot That's to so carry, funny. though. It, it is, is a lot, lot to carry. And the boots are fucking horrendous. Jesus. Oh, my God. I can't believe they haven't figured out some better technology yet on the boots. For real. Something. Full tilts are, full tilts are nice. What's full tilt? That's, That's a good plug. She's pro. Oh. She's a true professional. <laughs> it's, this is a plug That's her, that's her spot. She got, she's the only uh, female with a pro model ski boot, buds. You got to do what? your research. Yeah. It's yeah, but full. Out. It's called full tilt. That's the yeah. brand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the comfiest boots around. For sure. And uh, yeah, Paid I have endorsement. a. <laughs> please bring it on. <laughs> um, I have a pro model boot coming out. First, first lady to do so for full tilt. Um, trying to change them up a little so they are more comfortable and snowboard like. I have introduced or talked about introducing the boa system or like we get a lot of heel lift when we try and nose butter. Um, a lot of heel lift happens, so kind of like cinching down the liner. Like snowboard boots have, so that doesn't happen. First female to ever have a pro model boot, or first with full tilt? I don't think any ladies have had a pro model boot before. That's impressive. Yeah, stoked. 
That is, let's check the Google machine. Now, uh, I've noticed that you obviously have a bunch of tattoos, and I asked you uh, about working at Sushi Sushi Groove, local restaurant. I'm actually going to give them an air horn because yes. I love that place. Delicious. Place is good, eh? Yeah, it's bomb. You got to go. Now you Come s- see me. I'm down. Yeah, if you're in Salt Lake, come see Taylor. Now, you said, I need my tattoo money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love tattoos. And the experience, talking to the artists, um, basically, it started with my mom has a couple tattoos. Um, then my brother started getting sleeved up. And I got my first tattoo when I was 18, kind of a family tribute to mom, dad, and brother. Um, and then my friend Maddie Jones, she is covered with a bunch of American traditional tattooing, um, and her ex-boyfriend as well. And they shared their passion with me about it and, um, some history and I kind of just fell in love. It's again, another sense of community. Uh, I think it's evolving a lot, including more women artists, um, and yeah, it's super cool. I would, I'm a terrible artist, as you know, but I would love to dabble in maybe, maybe that's my next step after skiing. Uh, another thing we haven't touched on yet is you pulled up in a beautiful, kind of like a cement gray <sighs> Porsche 911. Now, there's a really cool story behind that, and I would love to hear it from you. Okay. Yeah, 1975, that's. Your year, right? Yep, that's my favorite year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trying to so sell me out over here. <laughs> <laughs> my parents bought that Porsche when I was a kid. And dad kept it. It used to be red. Um, restored the whole thing recently. Probably, I would guess, six years ago before he passed away. And when he passed away, he gave it to me. So I just pulled it out of storage about a month ago, got it registered. Um, My brother helped me get it running again because I don't know shit about cars. My dad would always be like, hey, come down here. Let me teach you how to weld. And I just was worried about boys and other things. But, um, yeah. I've been driving it around, going on drives with my brother. He has a 1978 slant nose that was also passed on to him. And it's just a special moment. feel my dad when I'm inside of it. And when I look at it, just like feel his passion that he put into it. So really special piece. It's like that classic Porsche body too, that old school Porsche. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really sweet. And if he was around, there's probably nothing that would make him happier than seeing yeah. you in that damn car because it's, yeah, beautiful sight. Exactly. Yeah, my mom, I mean, it was sitting in storage for two years, and I didn't know what to do with it. And um, I bought a house recently with a garage, so I was like, that's the perfect place to park it. I'll just park the Subi out front and get this running, drive it around. My mom was like, you should just sell it. I'm like, what are you thinking? No, like, I want to drive this and appreciate it, so. Stoked to be doing that. See life from your dad's point of view for a little bit, right? Yeah, exactly. I 
got it turned on for the first time, and he had Kid Rock in the in the. Oh, <laughs> get a little air horn for that. Yes, yeah, so Kid Rock just was blasting. <laughs> so sick, love it. Well, we've definitely been chatting for a minute here. Um, now, a couple things before we start wrapping up and putting a bow on this conversation. Uh, do you want to run through your ski setup and any sponsor stuff you want to talk about? Dekine, Line, Full Tilt, Smith. I'm stoked to be doing the pro model for Smith and Full Tilt and also Line. I'm, I've designed next year's skis, so thankful to be kind of changing the game, and thanks for working with me, and yeah. Yeah, support Taylor. Buy the shit she's talking about. Keep women skiing, keep women snowboarding, keep it flourishing. That's beautiful. Uh, Any anything special about the skis you actually ride? Like what size are they? And um, yeah, one seventy one honeybee. Um, my my friend Tim designed the graphic, and then next year's full tilts that I'm designing are going to be a ten flex. So usually girls' boots come with four or six. So it's going to be a little stiffer, um, similar to a guy's boot. Now, aside from just the sponsors, do you have anybody else that you want to thank before we wrap it up? Mom, Dad, Girlfriend London, Gavin, um, Laura Obermeyer. She's been a huge push for women's videography, photography, design. Um, Maddie Jones, Coco, she's also been pushing producing ski projects um i'm sure i'm missing a lot of people but they know who they are they know who they are yeah thanks for having me guys we're so stoked to have you sit down with us it's so cool yeah killer conversation learned so much we're so happy you came in the booth uh we want to thank you guys for listening we want to thank you guys for tuning in we really appreciate you guys now we will see you next week over and out from the bomb hole Okay, I absolutely loved that conversation with Taylor. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. She is a gem of a human. Now, before we get out of here and wrap this thing up, I just want to let you guys know, if you want to do us a solid favor, head on over to Apple Podcasts, click on the bomb hole, scroll all the way to the bottom, and write a review. That really helps us out a lot. Can't stress that enough. Another thing, we love feedback. So if you have ideas on what we can do better for the show, who you'd like to see in the booth, things like that, head on over to our Instagram, send us a DM, leave a comment. You know the drill. Now, lastly, sometimes people are confused about what is Patreon. So basically, it's a subscription-based platform where you can sign up from anywhere from $5 to $50 a month. You get a sticker pack for signing up. And then depending on what tier you sign up for, you either get a mug or a hoodie, you get merch, you get discounts, things on the store you get a discount code and the things that i think are cool you get a behind the scenes look of who we're in the booth recording with each day so a lot of times we're maybe a month ahead on who the guest is maybe a few weeks you get to see oh today they're in the booth with taylor and then you get a chance to ask a question on air which you hear we have a patreon question buds hit the patreon question so that that's basically what that is um it also helps us 
just keep doing what we're doing. It helps us be in two idiots in a garage so we can keep bringing these podcasts to you guys, making it happen. And if you're already a Patreon member, I just want to say thank you so much. It means a ton for us. And also, thank you for listening and supporting. You guys kick ass. Thanks again. And we will see you next week with another podcast over and out from the bomb hole.